pop that Sudafed <clears throat> and clear your throat. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Oh, yeah, baby. We're live. We're live. We're live. And whoever hit the, the thumbs down already, remember what I say about thumbs down? Bring them lower, turn it up, <laughs> they did, and, and put I, it up your butt. We were late. We were we were running <laughs> late on this one. I don't care if we're late. That's why <laughs> I you do, hit the thumbs I, down. I do say 9.30-ish. I mean, still, it's like, <laughs> it's not like it's a doctor's appointment, you know? I mean, a do- or a dentist appointment. A it's dentist, not a dentist it's appointment, It's not a Nicole. dentist appointment. I've heard rumors that you are an anti-dentite. <laughs> What? Anti-dentite. Is that what it's called? Somebody, I can't remember the guy's name, but I posted Barry. this thing. No, 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 no. I posted that thing on Facebook, and there's a Seinfeld reference where uh, they accuse Jerry of being against dentists, and he refers to him as an anti-dentite. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking great. So this morning, uh, by the way, it's Friday Live. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. I'm sorry. It's the morning show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And uh, I, I had an issue this morning where Barry the dentist gave me an email. He gave me an email. He about, gave me the what for. He gave me the what for with his AOL email address <laughs> uh, about a video I did 12 years ago where yeah. I just opened the video. Are you sure I, it wasn't more? Because we're going 2008. on. 2008. 2008, okay. I did the math. So <laughs> this it basically helped. was the end table series. And I just, you know, I do things that are goofy, right? So I was yeah. like, does your wife make you go to the dentist every six months? Six months? Mine does. And now my gums hurt. That's all I said. I remember that too. And boy, this guy launched into a, a whole thing. So if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, go check that out because it really, it really like captures what makes the internet great. Is that yeah. people like that can contact people like me. They have too much time. Way too much time. Too he much should time be cleaning too. someone's teeth. Yeah. But he probably has probably, a hygienist that does no, that. No, he's probably retired. Maybe that, that too. Well, yeah. AOL addressed. Probably the right, uh, right age group. <laughs> Anyway, oh, no offense my. to those of you who have AOL yeah. addresses, just because you felt like you should keep it. Gmail's better. All right, so we want to thank some people. You saw the, the title screen, which is becoming the bane of my existence, <laughs> to individually type all those names. We've got to figure That's out a better why system. We're late. That's why we're late. Literally, I'm typing all the patrons into that screen. Yeah. And I love the fact that we have all the patrons, but we have to find a more efficient way to, I'm gonna, to do that. I'm going to try doing that in a image. Yeah. It'll make it a little then easier. Because I can do it and yeah. I have to say, here you go. Save me some time. So anyway, let's thank some of the great folks who helped us yes. out on Patreon. Uh, that's Mike, Cole, Cole Mason, Kirk Fredericks, Will, James Capazzi, Mark, Josh Luther, John, Josh, Brian Evans, John Balance, Alex and Rachel, Fraggle, Glenn Flint, Dan Stefanik, Tim Summers, Ben Bodner, Bill Ockert, Steve B, Mike Guerrera, Kirk Fredericks, David Lydiard, John Peckham, Joseph Keller, and Eric B. So if you have helped us out on Patreon and you haven't heard or seen your name yet, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We are way behind. We love you. We love you. And, and I we promise are, we'll say your name. We're trying to go as fast as we can. Uh, it looks like Mark <sighs> Cowley noticed your new glasses. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about these. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I really like the, uh, is it called tortoise shell? I, I don't know. I think it is. Sure. Tort- tortoise it's shell. It's like the black and brown. Yeah, tortoise right? shell. So, uh... I'll give David Wiggins some sh- yeah. a little shout out here. David contacted me. He goes, hey, I see you wear glasses. I see you bought new glasses, and I will one-up your new glasses with better glasses. And I said, uh, sure, David, let's, uh, let's do that. And these came in the mail. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a whole team, he, he had a whole team of people descended upon a picture of me to give me the perfect frames mm-hmm. for my face. 
And I have to say, at first, my mom didn't like them. Jason said I looked like, no, wait, you said I looked like, uh, who's that director? Woody Allen. Oh, I looked like Woody Allen. Nicole was like, eh, it's all right. I like them. Right, it's fine. I, I don't dislike them. Yeah. But over time, I think they've grown on. They've grown on me. I Adam, know they, they've grown Adam on my says mom. you're very Clark Kent with those glasses. Well, thank you. And uh, I think the chat room's going to start doing a drinking what game. Do with the, the... There you go. For every time you pick up your coffee and do not drink it. And don't it. drink it like, like I just did. <laughs> you did it like multiple times, apparently. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can uh, drink in, in my stead. All right. So, so then, anyway, the glasses. Thank you, David. Um, I really feel sexy now that I'm wearing these. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Le- uh, sexier than I was bow, before. Chicka, bow, hey, guess what? We got some mail. Oh, Did you know boy. you can send us stuff? Not that you need to. You can if you want to. You can if we want to. We got a nice letter and uh, some challenge coins from Gordon White. Oh, Gordon. He's a guild member, and he included two challenge coins for my collection, which I'm still putting them on my shelf. Uh, Yeah, these are great. Here, let me switch cams. I like them. We have the technology. They represent the American Taekwondo Academy, a YMC-based Chung Duquan. Uh, style martial art, arts club and the once monthly black belt only workout hosted by the ATKDA in ba- Baskin Ridge, New Jersey. Sure. Do you know where that is? Uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gordon, thank you for those. I really appreciate it. All right. Someone says, and stop trying to steal that Salamone thunder. Look, I'm going to tell you, it's his fault that I got the Warby Parker yes. glasses in the first yeah. place. I saw his stupid He was ad. an influencer. He, he absolutely he in, influenced he, me. He influenced you. Not a micro-influence. It wasn't, wasn't even a nano-influence. Yes. It was a regular influence. Yep. And uh, it, was, it was a good time. Speaking of him, he was at WorkBetchCon, right? Yeah. Did you get to talk to him about I your did. glasses? Uh, yeah, I told him about it too. <laughs> so you came back with a bunch of stickers, and I think this is my favorite one. Yeah, this one says, I could build that too if I had all those tools. And then you got Fulton Fine Woodworks, oh, yeah. Cam's Corner Shop. Is that the kid? Yep, yep, the kid. <laughs> These guys are great. This is a father-son team. Fulton Fine Woodworks, Cam is the little dude. He was on that Nickelodeon show that mm-hmm. they had about making stuff. Uh, really, really talented kid. That's somebody to watch. PJ nice Live Edge Sawmill. Oh, by the way, let me just say, oh. I got a lot more stickers than what you have well, here. It's just sometimes people will give them to you at yeah, the yeah. show. I shove them in a pocket, and then I may not see it again. It's okay. These are just the ones that floated to the top. To there me. you go. <laughs> uh, workshop workshop hustle. hustle. Oh, three times three custom. I three by three custom. Is that what it is? Tomorrow. Uh, she was fantastic. <laughs> I had a nice that. conversation I with her. Use the other camera. Oh, Nicole. This one is my favorite there. because three it, by three custom. This she is was the great. one that comes with a pen that just poked me. Oh, and now handmade. I'm bleeding. With Ashley, <laughs> I, I wore this pin actually. The I know. Whole time I took it I off your. There. I was washing your jacket and I she took has, it off. She has such a, a, a geeky approach to everything with. Video games and fun stuff. Yep. So I'm, there's more stickers, but that's what was in this bag, and that's what I grabbed at the last second. Yeah, so, so Workbench Con was super interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was, for me, socially super fun. Got to hang out with Matt for a few days. Uh, got to see Anne and mm-hmm. April and meet a bunch of people who I know online. Johnny. Well, there's people who I've known online for years. I've you know, done podcasts with them or I've done interviews or I've had phone conversations just behind the scenes stuff and I've never gotten to shake their hand and it was fantastic. So uh, Johnny Brooke. Did you wash it after? Uh, well, I bathed in an alcohol after I had my, my wipes and everything. And Adam, bit, Adam Elliott said earlier that you, the reason why we were late, you were taking the world's longest shower to scrub off workbench cotton. 
still to this day. <laughs> You'll never get it all off. That's such a weird event, and I get I do get questions about like, should I go to this event? Pure and simple, you know, when this thing comes around next year, the decision is, are you trying to make money and grow a bigger audience with your social mm -hmm. online presence? If the answer is yes, that show might be of interest to you. Uh, if the answer is no, then I would skip it. Go to a show that's more toward what you're trying to learn. Um, it is pure and simple a marketing event. Mm -hmm. If you are a fan of a lot of these people and you just want to have a chance to meet them, even if you're not interested in making money, that's also a reason to potentially go. Um, outside of that, this is not but, a woodworking yeah. show. I would say I don't even think you need to get a ticket to WorkbenchCon. You could probably just hang out in hang the lobby. Hang out in the lobby, yeah. That's true. Every night in the hotel lobby, yeah. that was the gathering place, and all these people um, are just hanging around talking. So if it's for that reason, maybe don't get the, the tickets and just yeah. go to the just hotel. Get, just pay for the hotel. Well, you don't even have to pay for it. You just yeah. walk in. Oh, that's true. Go walk well, into the bar. Not everybody lives in Atlanta, though. All right, Nicole. What are we doing here? Uh, old Ohio angler wants to know how the weather was at WorkbenchCon. Rainy. Yeah. The uh, Waffle House was like... A block away, but we had to Uber it because it was pouring rain. Mm -hmm. Had a nice, uh, nice couple that uh, gave us a ride back to the hotel. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. They're like, "Hey, just hop in our car." Yeah, well, we promise. We'll I take like you to get in cars with strangers, and sometimes <laughs> I pay them with the Uber app. Sometimes it's just you know, you just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's a, all those days. It's a, it's always fun. Yeah. So I wanted to also talk real quick about um, something I published yesterday on the Instagram account. Uh, I showed Ooh, a whole yeah. bunch of new tools, what? and these were all budget brand tools, budget-friendly brands, and uh, people were like, oh, what is going on? Uh, so I'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I had this idea for making a series of videos. This would be in the guild, so it's going to be a course uh, that are really geared toward the beginner. And this is Workbench Brainchild, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, this is coming back from WorkbenchCon, inspired with new ideas. Um, that's really what it did for me, is mm -hmm. gave me some inspiration for the business. Uh, but this is something I've been wanting to do. I've been getting a lot of requests. I mean, since day one, we've gotten requests about mm -hmm. doing more, not just simple projects, but simple projects with a, a simpler or lower budget tool set. In the past, my response to this has been, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to work with those tools. Well, we kind of, back in Arizona, we did that Friday Live where you went through like the basic tool set mm. and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you did show like a Festool router and there's still to this day people commenting, oh, I can't, I'm like, don't look at the, I had to someone, the words. I had someone point out that in one of my basic builds, uh, I showed how you could use a regular corded saw with a homemade track to cut down plywood, but I measured it with a woodpecker square. Oh. And it's like, look. There's only so much I can do. Uh, you know, a router is a router. Granted, the Festool router is better, but you can still get away with this with a regular router that is not Festool. Um, but anyway, the lesson here, though, is it's a, I think it's just a natural mentality. Do you have this at all? I mean, I, I noticed this when I was looking at the book. Oop, oop, oh, baby. Oop, sorry. I was looking at a book of beginner projects by Pop Woodworking, mm -hmm. and it was all like really selling it as your weekender, beginning DIY projects. But then you see the guy using a Delta Unisaw, mm -hmm. right? And that's and it kind of hit me. I understood at that point the perspective of people that, not that I think it's the right way to think about it, but I understand it's human nature when you see someone who's claiming to do this beginner thing, but they're using a two, $3,000 saw 
to do the beginner thing, it's not as convincing as if you see that person using a DeWalt job site saw,、mm-hmm. right? That's way more convincing, and people can identify with it better. It's just human nature. So I bought all these tools, spent about six hundred and fifty bucks on the whole toolkit. Still not sure what tools are going to be in the toolkit. I'm playing with that, and we will be making a beginner-focused series using those tools. The one car bay on the other side over here will sort of be. Set up as a temporary little shop, one car shop, a one car shop, and I will、uh, be breaking it down when it's not in use and putting it back up when I need to film. And it's going to be a beginner focused series like that, including let's take these tools out and see how we can make them work as good as they can possibly work. Tune them up, add sacrificial fences,、uh, you know, whatever we can do to make them work better.、Uh, and that's going to be、um, coming up soon. So, so the chat、on. room's going crazy with、Whoa. super chats, <laughs> specifically. It's the new our- glasses, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. OJ has a lot of questions for us, so I'm going to jump right into the first one. Robert Price said, "Will all the super chats be prorated to make up for being late?" LOL. <laughs> I told him, "Sure." I don't know We, what that、uh, means, but okay. Yeah. No. We'll、yeah. do a little extra. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure.、Uh, Darth Dweeb, help. I never know when to move in onto a new grit when sanding. What should I be looking for?、Uh, pencil lines. Oh yeah. I don't have a pencil here. Yeah, you do. I don't know when either. Right、oh, here. Right there. There's like three so, of them. So if this were my board, I would mark it up with pencil. Not really hard. You don't want to dent the wood. Just a nice light touch. Then start sanding. Now as you're sanding, you're going to slowly but surely. Oop, oop. Whoa, baby. Sorry. Start to see the pencil lines go away, and when the pencil lines are gone. Go over it one more time. When you think you're done, pass through the whole thing one more time, and that's when you're done with that grit and move on to the next one.、Um, I don't really have, <clears throat> excuse me, like any、uh, better vision than you have. It's not a matter of seeing scratch lines and things like that. I can't see that stuff,、um, but I can see pencil lines.、I、need some water. <clears throat> I'll ask another question then. OJ says, "Grats on getting ahead of the derp derp." I could build that too if I had a CNC. Derp, derp. If I had a CNC and lasers and Jason with the upcoming basic build,、uh, basic there, tools guild build. That's kind of the funny thing. There is a bit of an irony, and I, I'm get like I don't know. I think the trolls who are out there just looking for something, something. to get on me about. I don't. They're like I don't know what to do. Right. So there's a CNC that entered my shop. Yeah. And I quickly followed that up with pictures of a new project we're doing. That's actually a fairly complex table that Brian Benham designed for us.、Uh, check out my Instagram; you're going to see pictures of that. But I'm not using the CNC to do it. I'm trying. I'm turning the disc on the lathe. It, like the CNC has got nothing to do with this. So I'm kind of counteracting it with that. And then I've got these basic tools showing up in the shop, and then talking about building basic projects. I, I, I don't. The trolls don't know what to bite into. <laughs> they'll figure it out. Don't worry. Yeah, give them time. They'll, they'll give me. They'll give me crap about. So he had a follow up. He said, "My question is: Aren't you concerned that the internet that will then have to escalate the war with comments about how your face looks?" <laughs> Wait, what? So it's a two-part question.、Oh, okay. He did two super chats, and he did more up here. I got you. But he he's basically saying you've already gotten ahead of that. <laughs> Are you concerned about? They're already giving they're, me crap giving about it, how my face、yeah. looks. Did I, tell you about, did I tell you about the time that the guy、uh, must have been an older dude、uh, yeah. of, of a generation that believes men should be clean shaven,、oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And was so upset that I always had five o'clock shadow. Yeah, you're like I'm Italian. <laughs> well, no, I'm like it's there. Screw you. <laughs> I, this is what I do for a living. And guess what? I can make my face look like whatever I want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is nothing new. The tattoos is always something. Tattoos are always、know. something. 
the gray hair is always something. That's the new something. <laughs> well, it's like, well, look at you after 15 years. <laughs> you it's, you age. That's what I always say. It's like it's a shame this aging thing seems to only happen to me. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of times it's guys who also have gray hair yeah. who just want another, uh, you know, commiser C- commiserator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, he, he then, uh, OJ then did another super chat and says, not only, not that, that it looks that bad. I also, I can't believe you've gone full influencer and are fleecing your audience with these, uh, mandatory super chats. <laughs> it's not mandatory, no, but he, he knows. I know you're joking. He's joking. Hey, I want to show you, I want to show you guys something. Crack me up. I talked a little bit about the, uh, well, first of all, these are from Michael Frace. I don't know how to pronounce your name, Michael. Frace or Frazy? When he, did you get those? He's uh, this past week. He sent me some knives. He says, I've got these pocket knives. They're really nice uh, sitting around doing nothing. And I know you like pocket knives. So he was kind enough to send these to me for my collection. Oh, that's beautiful. See, I like Nicole, the beautiful. You get challenge coins, I get pocket knives. <laughs> so thank you, Michael. I really appreciate that. And I also want to show you. That's cool. I was just talking about that project uh, that we're doing that's a little complex. I wanted to show you some of the details on it. So the idea is it will have a uh, disc suspended in a grid work on the side of a small table. It's very delicate stuff too. Um, So I had to do a little bit of proof of concept with this. Check this out. So I did a segmented ring. This only has one miter on it, so it's not going to clearly see, you're not going to see exactly what I did. But imagine another miter here. So I make an octagon. That octagon then gets mounted on a faceplate on the lathe and then turned into a ring. And that ring was originally this thick. So this way, once this circle is made, after turning it, I can take this to the bandsaw and resaw all of my rings that I need to make the surround that goes with the disc. So let me back up. This piece will get a rabbit cut into it. The disc then pops into that rabbit, and then you could take the other thinner eighth inch piece and glue that on top to capture the disc. And that's what we have here. Since it's a segmented ring, it's going to be fairly weak at those joints. But if you stagger that piece when you put it back on, you can either go for a a, a glue grain match or stagger it. Staggering will make this much stronger because now the joints are offset, right? So this thing becomes a whole lot more sturdy. This is just a piece of MDF in here, but this will be, we're thinking like zebra wood or maybe some kind of maple. um, Oh, hoochie, what do you call it? Spalted maple. Uh, but something with some heavy pronounced grain in the vertical direction. Uh, And I might actually take this and turn this into a bulging disc, which I've been trying to figure out a better term for. It's going to be a mound. Because I think of... uh, Back problems? Yeah, back problems with that. Yeah, it's going to be a bulging disc. And then there's going to be vertical pieces that run through the ring and the disc. So this this is uh, challenging me and Jay as we uh, work mm-hmm. through the details on this thing. But this is my proof of concept oh, right cool. there. So I thought I just wanted to show you that. I hey, thought it was cool. So Stumptown Woodworks gets it. He goes, I think the, ba- <clears throat> a base, the basic series will be helpful to a lot of people, I'm sure. I know your main content won't change, but I never complain about not having all the fancy tube tools because it's aspiring, something to aspire to. I'm so. glad you see it the way it's intended. A lot of people see fancy tools or brands that they either can't justify buying or can't afford and then immediately turn their brain off because, yeah. oh, it's a Festool. I can't pay attention to what he's doing with that router because I can't afford or choose not to purchase that brand. So I'm glad uh, most people, I think most reasonable yeah, people, they get so it. Too. I think so too. All right. You so want to grab a questions? Patreon question? We've got <clears throat> around 15 of them. And I have not previewed a single one. That's all right. This should be interesting. We're going to fly by the seat of our <clears throat> pants today. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
<coughs> I need that cough switch, Nicole. <coughs> I should install that. I'll just that. cover your mouth. There you go. Okay, Arias says, not necessarily a question, but a kickback from a few shows back. I would love to see a guild project for SketchUp and for the CNC. Have you gotten much hate for getting the CNC? Uh, the, the guild project on SketchUp, I got to talk to Brian about it. We are at a standstill in the discussion. It's something we're working on. Uh, have you gotten any hate? There's been a few people. I mean, there's a, no matter what you do, you show a picture of anything, there's always at least one person who will take that to a degree it was never intended, right? You show a CNC and it's like, well, I sure hope you don't just turn into a CNC channel. And it's like, <laughs> uh, you can't help that person. There's nothing you can do. Uh, I haven't received a whole lot of hate. I expect that to happen when I post my video about it. Yeah. I mean, just because I'm going to show well, a CNC it, on the Wood Whisperer, it's, it's going to happen. And it usually doesn't <clears throat> happen immediately. It's... Later down the road. Mm -hmm. So, but thanks for watching the video. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for watching it. the video. <laughs> uh, Paul, it's yeah, it's Jason's fault. Paul Angle says, "My wife bought me a five-quarter cherry board. It's around sixteen board feet. Uh, I have a good bandsaw, so resawing would be possible once it's broken down. I'm just wondering what scale of project could I get out of this one board? Fourteen by eleven. Okay, Paul, I'm going to tell you. I think you asked this question on." Would talk, and I'm, I'm, I would like to address it because I feel bad that on two different shows mm -hmm. you've asked the same question. That is a, such a vague question. I well, I don't Sly know Hurt, what scale. There was a back how to express it. To there you. was actually a back and forth in the, in the question <clears throat> good, from good, Sly good. Her that says, "Seems like to be a lot of pen blanks. Are you into turning? Seriously, There's a lot of pen blanks. Seriously, what do you feel like <laughs> doing from the guild projects? The bread box, spice box, jewelry." Jewelry box and humidor should be fine, board yeah. size-wise. Well, thank you. Was Slyher? Slyher. Okay, thank you for answering that. That's a much better answer than I would have been able to give <laughs> them. So if anybody has suggestions for about a 16-board foot, 16-and-a-half-board-foot project, single board, um, obviously small boxes, right? That's going to be... He likes the humidor. That's yeah, small boxes project. are always going to fit within that. But to, to really get into, like, well, what size table could he make out of this? Could he make a table? I don't know. That's a really hard thing for me to answer. Yeah. But I'm glad at least someone gave you a reasonable Yay! answer. I just felt Yay, bad. community! <clears throat> I know that's the second time he answered that. Okay. Eric Liu says, I watched your video on vertical storage. The black pipes look nice, but isn't it a concern that they'll stain the wood? Or is that only when they interact with glue? Glue exacerbates it, right? Because it's a direct sort of moisture transfer between the wood that, you know, does something with the, the moisture in there that then does something with the, the tannins in the wood. In this case, it's not an issue. Everything that's in that rack is relatively rough. We'll receive a jointing, planing, uh, you know, and it, it'll get worked. So any little surface stain that's on there, it won't matter. That said... I haven't seen any stains so far with, you know, kiln-dried material that's in there. Jay, have you seen any stains on our boards? Yes, we haven't seen anything. So, so far, so good. Uh, unless you're putting finished boards that are finished milled uh, into that space, I don't think it's a problem. And most of them, yeah, most of them aren't even touching. They're kind of between the, the, the things, so I don't think it's that much of a concern. Okay, Cole Mason says, I'm struggling to get flat and stable boards when milling wider four-quarter lumber to a quarter inch. Eight-inch wide boards for a jewelry box project are a particular struggle right now. While I know that's generating a lot of waste, I don't have the resaw capacity to do it right at the moment. It doesn't seem to matter how dry the lumber is. Anytime I take four-quarter boards to one-quarter inch, I get significant cupping after a couple of days, even though the lumber has been dry for years. Any tips on milling boards wider... Uh, wider boards to a quarter. <clears throat> uh, this is 
one of those things that uh, you know you got to understand the way the wood works. That no matter how dry it is and what conditions it's in, generally speaking, the inside of that board is going to be a little bit more moist than the outside. So as you expose that inner material, it's losing some of that moisture, and as it dries and, and acclimates a little bit more, you may still get that cupping happening. And you're right, that is a bit of a challenge. One way to get around it, unfortunately, is time. You can partially mill. So if you need something to get down to a quarter inch, only mill it a little bit, you know, and you can almost kind of mill it a little bit each day. I don't know how much time you have on your hands, but that's one way to do it so that you are slowly but surely letting that moisture leave and then milling it again, exposing fresh wood, letting the moisture leave, and then milling it again. You're working your way down a little bit by bit. That's usually not that practical, you know. Um, so it, it's, it is a challenge. I think if you mill down to a quarter inch and you need to go there quickly, do it evenly on both uh, faces. Make sure you're taking the same amount of material off of both faces so that you at least are stacking the cards in your favor for some kind of equilibrium. And then when you're done with that, you leave it overnight. I would actually put that thing um, on the workbench with stickers, keep it nice and flat, put weight on it or clamps, and just kind of force it to stay flat as it's drying. Again, it's all about trying to just stack, I say that too often, stack the cards in your favor uh, that you're going to end up Tools with a flat in your panel. back pocket. <clears throat> Stack yeah. the cards in your favor. Uh, are you done? <clears throat> sure. I don't want to interrupt you because apparently I do that. That's what you do. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> I'm used to it, Nicole. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Tim JB, uh, piggybacking on this vertical storage, is yeah. there a concern with over long term? <clears throat> vertical stores, is there a concern over long term with the bottom of the stack bending in the middle a little with the weight of the stack? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, I think by the time, I mean, you, this is one thing somebody said when, uh, it's kind of funny and it's an exaggeration, but it's like the good thing about wood is that trees grow vertically. That's true. And they're not just falling over. Some of them do. You know, I mean, wood. We had two that were. <laughs> depends on where you live and, and how much wind you get. Um, the boards, when they're in there, they're almost vertical, right? They, they are, I think I measured mine at about five degrees. So they're only about five degrees off. And by the time you layer up a bunch of boards, they're all kind of supporting each other. Um, you're not really putting that much stress. Even the one that's all the way in the back, uh, it, it's not really that big of a stress on the boards. If it's that much of a concern, then rotate them once in a while. I don't think it's that much of a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and again, my wood that's in there is pretty rough and is going to be milled after this point. So I, you know, if it even decides to move like a 16th of an inch and I've got a little bit of a bow in there, I'm going to be able to mill that out and it's not a problem. That said, for the, geez, I don't know, it's been eight months now, maybe mm -hmm. going on a year that the shed has been there. We have yet to see significant bowing or warpage based on these boards being stored vertically. It just isn't happening in our hands. And Ohio, <clears throat> old Ohio angler says, many, many years ago, the wood shop at my high school used vertical storage. Some wood, wood was there for years mm -hmm. and it didn't seem to hurt it. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's that much of an issue. Uh, I had one guy post that, like, every board I've ever stored vertically has twisted and warped. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. That's his experience. But I question the material that he's bringing in um, because it just doesn't seem like something that, that should happen to a significant degree. That, that, that would be something to worry about. Okay, I got Stuart Johnson here. I'm beginning Stuart. a blanket chest. But the four-quarter lumber is too close to the finished three-quarters 
for me to be confident in hitting the three quarter mark. How much thinner is acceptable? I have sufficient five quarter so I can resaw if that's a better option, but I hate the waste. You can go thinner, man. I mean, it kind of just depends on what your personal tolerance is. You could build a blanket chest out of half inch material if you wanted to. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. So three quarter is just kind of this general number that we go for. Um, but nothing says you have to build with three quarter inch material. So I would go maybe, let's see, five eighths is starting to push it depending on the size, right? So if you have to be three quarter or just a hair under, I'd be okay with that. If you wind up less than five eighths, I'd probably draw the line there personally. Um, but again, it's a matter of tolerance and how much you, you can tolerate it being thinner. Uh, if I were building a blanket chest and I'm trying to really put everything into this, I would save that four quarter stock that's already a little too thin. And I would go for the five quarter stock because you've got, if you're doing all solid all the way around, you've got some big panels, you've got a lot of flattening that needs to be done. I would like a little bit more breathing room with five quarter uh, and work my way down. And then you have the benefit because if you end up, you go at five quarter, let's say you end up at a finished one inch thickness, you know what's cool? Being able to build thicker than three quarters, just because everyone does three quarters doesn't mean you have to. You can go with seven eighths and get some really cool looking furniture uh, just because you went with thicker material. Got a super chat here from Keith Keegan. <laughs> Sorry, thinking, remember I was talking about stickers getting lost. I was like, what is in my back pocket? Stickers. Who's that? Carolina, it's the shoe company. It's, oh. it, it's not a woodworker, it's a company. So. Ah. <laughs> I don't want their boots. <laughs> Keith Keegan wants to know any tips on winding up the Merrill clamp uh, and preventing the little what? I just it's funny because that thing is a, is a is a jerk. Yeah, it's it, that old school metal band, and yeah. you know how you know what I do? I wind it up and then I run. <laughs> it's like popping a can of biscuits. Yeah, like that's why my mom, my mom always gives that to me. She doesn't like to pop the yeah. Pillsbury. Let me finish this finish. question. Go ahead. And preventing the little wind-up mechanism from unwinding at Mach 1 as soon as I let go of it. There's only, the only things I think you can do, first of all, if you're going to let it go, make sure your hand that's holding it is on the bottom. Can you, can you grab that for me over there? <clears throat> so the Merrill clamp that he's uh, talking about right is the big, from big MLCS. Yeah. And thank you, sir. That's a monster. Well, clamp. I had to. We, we're doing octagons, so I had uh, to put eight clamps on it. I'm going to put um, this in our Amazon store. So yeah, the Merrill, I, Merrill clamp. Hey, I found out that if I put Smile in front of our Amazon store, mm -hmm. it works. So if you're part of the Smile program, part of your purchase will go to the charity. And we still get our affiliate fee. They do both? They do both. It seems like they would only do I one. looked it up. No kidding. Someone emailed me about it, and I dug a little deeper. So if you go to smile.amazon.com slash shop slash the Whisperer, you'll see this in the Friday, the Woodworking Morning Show right. category. So as, as right you on. wind this thing up, it has an incredible you know, spring back action. So you only have a couple of choices. You hold it with your other hand and keep your fingers out of the way. Like that, or you can actually slowly wind it back. Keep your hand on the handle and let some of that pressure go so that by the time you let go, you've already um, taken all that spring pressure out of there. Those are the only two ways that I know to manage that thing without hurting your hands. I think the second way is probably better. You just slowly release it, let it go, and then you're good to go. 
Yeah, that does take some of the some of the uh, excitement out of the deal. And my category is still Friday Live, but <clears throat> hey, okay. it's Friday and we're live, and it's the morning show. So, Kirk Fred Fred Fredericks says, "I'm about to start on my second gaming table. I'm using Birch for the build. I have it drawing now. Purchase rough cut and will mill to size. Any considerations on preparation before staining, followed by a wipe on poly coat?" Um, so birch, you're going to want to test it. You know, you've got the material. Take a piece of scrap. Look at what your stain does to it. If you start seeing uh, blotchiness, which can certainly happen, then you want to look into blotch control options. Uh, you could use a commercial pre-stain conditioner. You could use a de-waxed light coat, a de-waxed shellac as a, as a conditioner before your stain. Uh, and again, I've mentioned this in the show in the past. I still don't know what the state, uh, status of Charles Neal's blotch control mm-hmm. is. Um, really one of the best blotch control products on the market, if not the best. Um, so if that's still available, definitely check that out and, and see if you can get a hold of that stuff. But test it with your stain so you know what you're up against. Um, whenever it comes to, to staining, always use a test piece and, and see for yourself. Um, because no matter what advice you get and what you read on the internet, what you see is the most important. So you got to test it out for yourself. And that's really about it. Uh, go on to the next one here. Okay, Jeremy Long says, Hi, Nicole and Mark. My question Hi. is, I really getting into using hand tools and was wondering what you would recommend for a good middle of the road tools. I have, uh, let's see, number six, four, and a block plane. Just some big box store cheap chisels. I love vol- I love y'alls. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak Southern. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he actually says, yes, I'm from the South. <laughs> I love y'all's videos, and I'm about to purchase my first set of plans. Thanks. Nice. So middle of the road road hand tools. Um, I may not be the best person to answer this because I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it. That said, I think we're actually at a good point for hand tool lovers because a lot of there are a lot of offerings in that category, and I would call the middle of the road ones not the ones you can get at Home Depot or Lowe's or Harbor Freight, God forbid, uh, not the ones that you get at Lee Nielsen or Veritas. You could look at the bench dog planes at Rockler. Rockler has their own line of planes now under the bench dog name. Uh, Wood River planes at Woodcraft. And you can find some of the Stanley Sweetheart stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems like like the chisels, for instance, are a pretty nice set of chisels. Does Amazon Basics have them yet? Well, see, Amazon Basics has, I do believe they've got some planes. Oh, interesting. You should, I don't, you should get them, though. I know. I got the Amazon Basics chisels. You should try the other ones. Should I? Yeah, I think well, I gotta you should. See if they have a block plane, because that's all I'm doing for the kit. I'm not getting a bunch of hand planes, uh, but I will do the block plane. So anyway, <laughs> there are those middle-of-the-road but, options. But yeah, they have it. Amazon Basics block plane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. Or they have a spoke shave, too. No, so they don't. Okay, but they don't have a block plane. Oh, okay. They do have the spoke shave. But this silver line one's 12 bucks. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So here's the thing. These planes, will they be as good as the Lee Nielsen or Veritas? Probably not. From what I've read, No. They may take a little bit more in the way of setup. Um, you may have to do a little bit more work to, to get that blade perfectly honed. Are these the ones but, you got? Yes, it is. There's there's a 16 piece and mm-hmm. oh the, 21, uh, the four pieces piece. on sale. 21, 24. 21. I'm gonna put that in our Friday. Line. Yeah, go ahead. There you go. It, it just might take a little bit more work and setup, um, and it's just overall maybe not be as high quality, but that's okay. You know, it's a middle of the road thing. You know what you're getting into but it certainly is far and away better than the cheapest stuff on the market. So check out Bench Dog, check out Wood River. Um, there's probably other brands too that the chat room can recommend for you. All right. Okay, 
Want me to do another one? Sure. I, I one? do have some. I do have some super chats. Okay, you do one. Uh, the Wood Lab. Mm, Jim. Jim. I, I didn't drink, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. So, drink up, guys. He said to help kick off the dental ambassadorship. <laughs> <laughs> I am a ambassador of good dental quality health. dental health, <laughs> as you can tell by my coffee-stained teeth. Yes. Actually, mm. you know what? I actually have. It's not just coffee. Mm. I actually have like naturally. People don't always have like you don't just start with like perfectly white teeth. That's not a thing that happens. People have different color teeth. No, your teeth are white. Jay's teeth are white. Um, <laughs> but it's something where people have distinct colors. Well, you introduced me to coffee, so over the course of you know, I'm bringing you to my world. <laughs> 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 yeah, but my my teeth are just not naturally white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then OJ did he did four super chats. I just wanted to say I, I'm just going to call you OJ because it's easier. Well, I like him. Yeah, he's a it's an outrage. That's what it is. <laughs> you paid five dollars to say that. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? He's a, he. I love it. I yeah. love it. It's fine. Yeah. I paid for our coffee this morning, you but did. it still makes me laugh. I think that's what he's trying to do. He's making you laugh. Well, it's, it's mission accomplished. Yep. Okay. All right. Mike Davies. Mike. I finally made my first inset doors. Yay me! Once I get them on the hinges, however, they overlap in the middle by a fair bit. Any tips on where to take off material once they almost fit? Just evenly around all sides until you get it right. Scribe one door off the other where they overlap. Cut the difference in half and do the inside styles only. Okay. I, this is something I really feel like I need to see to really dissect this. But I think you're on the right track. If you have, it sounds like you have two inset doors that are coming together. The way you're describing the inner styles. Um... So if that's and so there's no divider in there, right? So if that's the case, yeah, I, I think splitting the difference is the way to go. The more you remove from any one of the rails or styles, the more noticeable it can be to the eye. So the easiest way to prevent the eye from seeing it is to take off as little as possible from each board, because essentially you're introducing a taper. It was straight. Now you got to taper it so it fits. So if you can actually split the difference, and you know, let's say they're crossing over, you can take a little bit off the top of one and a little off the bottom of the other, and then make sure they're nice and straight, even though they're now tapered. You minimize the effect of what the eye can see. And every pair or every set of doors, drawers, anything I've ever made that was inset with you know a very tight reveal has needed that level of work. It's just something that happens, the natural variation that happens, and the little errors that accumulate over time. Um, so that that's how I would attack it. Hey, Don uh, Sarsgood just bumped his question to the top. <clears throat> I have boy. your question, but you just bumped it to the top. Uh, he Sarsgood. Said, Sarsgood. 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 Go ahead. Uh, he bought a set of the Bruce Blue Spruce chisels about the same time you did. Oh boy. Did you Here follow? We go. Did you follow up with Blue Spruce about the soft metal not holding an edge? Uh, he hasn't used his yet. I did follow up, and my blue spruce are now at Blue Spruce. Yep. And I got a full refund, but I did ask Dave to just let me know. I feel like this. I feel like I did something wrong here. So let me know what's going on with this metal. If what I saw is accurate, um, so they are standing behind their product as they should. Uh, but I still don't know exactly what was happening there and why it was happening. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually got the PMV11 chisels. Mm-hmm. Jay, can you come over here and grab me one? Yeah. I don't think I could reach from here. So <clears throat> PMV11 Veritas chisels, the probably one of the coolest steels around. Like this is a fairly not new... blue steel, blue blue steel, blue cool. steel beauty. Uh, so check these out. These were the blue blue spruce replacements. 
PMV11, it's that really, really cool steel that's a e little easier to sharpen, holds an edge better, um, but the only place you can get it is, is Lee Valley. Yeah. And here's the, uh, the funny thing. These are not cheap, right? I mean, we're talking about 80 bucks a piece. And uh, while I absolutely love Veritas and Lee Valley and most things that they do, I was really disappointed in the handle. Uh, the shape is okay. The shape is fine. The finish on it was pretty bad. And I actually, as stupid as it is... I, I pulled in and you're like spraying. <clears throat> I spent a few hours uh, lightly sanding the, the poor excuse for a finish that was on there and putting on a little bit of lacquer and dressing them up a little bit. Now this looks like a handsome chisel. What I had before looked like a handsome piece of metal with a, a finish that was applied by someone who doesn't know how to apply finish. It looked like Jay did it. Oh. Yeah. Well, he said that, so I he know, gave me permission I know, he gave you, he set himself up. And look, it's just a chisel handle. Who cares? Who right? Cares? Who cares? So well, what? I care because I paid $80 for it. Yeah. It should look better. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually spent some time doing that. And now it looks better. But I got a question. This is something that Shannon warned me about years ago, is the fact that they use this torrified, um, thermally modified wood for the handles. What? Thermally modified? That's a whole thing, Nicole. Oh, okay. It all, uh, that stuff tends to be more brittle, which means you give this a good sharp smack with a mallet, you might end up with a, a cracked handle. And that's kind of, you know, I don't know why they, they're, they're still doing that. I, wouldn't, mm -hmm. I would think there are better options for handle material. Um, so while I'm crapping all over Lee Valley, I'm still really excited to get these chisels into use and see how they perform. They certainly sharpened up well, uh, but I want to see how that edge holds up. And now they have pretty handles, too. Chisel, chisel. Thanks to me. <laughs> hey, Joe Clemmer is in the chat room. Yo, and, Joe! And he did a super chat. Uh, he said, late to the game today. Good morning, Nicole and Mark. You know, so... I'm a little... I'm not really happy with the way my nipples look. <laughs> my nipple... Jay is... He's excited by it. <laughs> I, this shirt just doesn't really uh, make my nipples look very flattering, yeah. Nicole. Yeah. What's up well, with that? Well, you're the one that likes the athletic fit. Well, I'm an athletic guy, Nicole. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, by the way, there is an Easter egg behind me on this wall somewhere. Something that shouldn't be... No, don't even look. I don't want you to see it. Shouldn't be there. If you spot it and you correctly identify it, you get a free guild project. Oh. Just so... Something that if shouldn't you see, be there? Something that definitely oh. was not there before. I'm looking, I'm looking. Don't look. I want to look. Nicole. I, I can do what I want. Face I, forward. I can Look at my nipples. I, <laughs> look at my nipples. I can do what I want. Keep your eyes on my nipples. Uh, anyway, he said, so what is your joinery preference when building drawers? Let's get it back on track. <laughs> okay. on, back on track. All right, Joe Clemmer's Away question. from your nipples. <laughs> back on let's track all, with Joe's question. Let's all get off my nipples, okay? Let's get to the questions. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, so people are saying in the chat room, I don't that know. Do my nipples look fine? No, I'm sorry. Whatever we're looking for. <clears throat> yeah. What are we looking for? Because some people are saying. Is that right? <clears throat> oh, okay. I just realized whispering when you're mic probably isn't effective. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. So I'll, I'll monitor. I know what it is now. And what's, I, what's Joe's question? Oh, Scott Thomas. Thompson. The blue egg-like thing above Nicole's head. Yeah. But stop it. No, you shouldn't have even read that because that's not the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> it's not identify the thing. What is the thing? All right. All right. <clears throat> all right. All right. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Joe Clemmer's question. Oh, he was asking about joinery. Yeah, but what was the question? I already asked it. You didn't listen. You were worried about your nipples. 
Do, can you blame me? <laughs> What's your joinery preference on building drawers? <laughs> it, it depends, Joe. Depends on the project. Depends on my mood. If I'm doing like a utilitarian oh, build, God. shop cabinets, something like that, um, I might just get a box joint jig and do some box joints. But really, a reinforced rabbit is perfectly fine. You know, So a rabbit joint, some glue, and some screws. Or even dowels if you want to go that route. Uh, if I'm doing more finer pieces, of course, I'm looking at dovetails. Excuse me. Um, this under cabinet workbench for the uh, under workbench. Wait, under workbench cabinet. Wanted to do something different on that, so I actually did sliding dovetails, which you know very effective, but still just a little bit of a different approach to it. Um, but really, the, the finer the piece, the more I'm going to put time into thinking about using a higher level joinery task for drawers. God, gas. Would you like me to? It's talk? going. Yeah, yeah, get another question. Okay. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> This show, this one, today's out of control. It, it is out of control. Uh, we've got a question here from Bill. Mm -hmm. Waiting for the CNC to stop a production run? Question mark? I don't know what that means. Oh, wait. What do you I don't know either. <clears throat> if you go on Mark's Instagram account, he has, we've did, we did some templates for the uh, cutting board video mm -hmm. that's going to be coming out. <clears throat> uh, Mark. Says, have you read the... Anarchist tool chest. If so, what do you think of it? You nope. have you have it though, don't you? I, I probably do. I think you have it. On I your probably shelf. do, just because like uh, on the principle of it, I want to support everything that Chris Schwartz does mm -hmm. and Megan Fitzpatrick does and anything at Lost Art Press. I love those guys, and uh, I just don't read that often, so I probably do have a copy of it somewhere, but. Um, I don't think I've read it. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Lost Art Press, I'm going to put a link in uh, the chat. They also do classes. So if you're mm -hmm. near Ohio, you can take a class with Ohio. Uh, Megan or Chris does classes too, right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, great group of people over there. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Nick Silva says, I recently saw that you have another book on the Guild store that I haven't heard of before, finishing it in over till it's over. Oh, that's the... First. It's old school. Any further detail on what this book covers? The description is a bit light. I'm not sure whether or not I should buy it. Light. I, uh, I will go and uh, remedy that. I'll put a little more information yeah. because that is a book that I self-published. And the last thing I want is anyone to purchase that book and think that it's going to be on par with the quality of the published books that I've done with actual publishers. Uh, that was my effort at trying to take a certain amount of knowledge that I had put on the website it, when it was like very blog focused and I would mm -hmm. do a lot of articles um, and I started to break everything down into just tips. They were just tips that I thought would help people and I organized, I don't know, there's like 10 of them and I also made little um, videos that go along with it. So when you're reading the book or if it's a digital version, there's a, a link in the PDF uh, that you can go and actually watch a video that kind of explains a little bit more about this and those are not videos I published for the public, general public, but they're videos that if you buy the book, you have access to it. Uh, and it was just a matter of me trying to get some ideas down of like misconceptions that people have or things where people are just making their lives more difficult. It is a self-published small book with tips on finishing. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the best way I could describe it. But I will go to that page and see if I can flesh out the description a little bit better because I do want to make sure expectations are sure. totally set right. It is priced accordingly. That's yeah. the other thing. It's very inexpensive to reflect the fact that it is not – a book that it's competes about, with Jeff Jewett or Bob Flexner. It's about this size. But it's thin. Yeah, it's thin. <laughs> it's very thin. 
Harry wants to know if you're going at the end of the show. Are you going to tell people what's behind us? That's not there. Maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll decide later. Hair punk. All righty. Got a question here from Jason Spenny. I'm uh, just curiosity. Why did you stop numbering episodes and drop the intro to your free site videos? Also, thanks for unquitting. Uh, because so, yes, in, tell us why <clears throat> you stop numbering them. Because an ep- episode number, in terms well, in terms of SEO, I find them useful. I like the numbering system. That's yeah. why what you see is there. But when you're making mm-hmm. content, generally speaking, you're making videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to find this balance between what serves humans and what serves the machines. And the machines are what makes this stuff kind of discoverable and easy to find. They can still discover it and with a number. A number in but private. a number is an absolute waste of space in terms of the machine. Yeah. And we also started to get to a point where we would publish content that wasn't quite an episode, but then what we consider to be an episode might change over time. Yeah. So I would have, you know, <laughs> the remember Whisper Minis. Yeah. I mean, so could you <laughs> should you give that an episode number? The problem is the numbers started to make no sense at all. Like if I did a multi part series, mm-hmm. it was like episode two fifty um, part one, episode yeah. two fifty part two. Whereas now yeah. I would just call them each different episode one, numbers. So it almost became meaningless. And that's why I don't do numbers anymore because we have been doing this a long time and we've changed our minds. And that means it, none of oh, it makes sense. we've been doing it a while. I will also tell yeah, you Do, do you know numbers, anybody else that does it? Numbers. Mm, yeah, some people still do numbers. Do they know? Yeah, I think even uh, I saw recently um, James King I think mm-hmm. does numbers. Um, the thing with numbers is if you have like an audio podcast – iTunes doesn't want you to use numbers. There was but, a point a couple years ago. They will not penalize you for it. And people in Stumptown even said, please, number would talk, though. The name. No. Then name it whatever no, no, you no, want. No, 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 no. Listen. The number is in the URL of the website. We've continued the, the numbering on Wood Talk, okay. and that's in the URL of the website. When I get a notice directly from Apple that says, here are our guidelines I, for I can, I... can I finish no, this sentence? You're just going to keep interrupting I'm going to interrupt you because <laughs> I still number and it's fine. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, when Apple tells you what to do, you do it. <laughs> if you want to conform to their rules, and they specifically said, we do not want you to put numbers in your titles. Joe Rogan <clears throat> still numbers. I don't give a crap what Joe Rogan does. I'm telling you what Apple says to do. Now, Apple's not as big of a player in the podcast space, so it may not be that big they of a lost, deal. They lost their uh, placement. Uh, I heard radio is the number yeah. one podcast. Oh, right, right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, iTunes is almost irrelevant at it's this point. It's kind of weird. Actually, there is no iTunes anymore. There's podcasts. There's Apple TV. I still have iTunes. They still have iTunes. No, not if you're on Catalina. Well, I'm not on it Catalina. It goes away. They broke it out oh. in the separate apps. No, but what I'm saying is there are certain powers that be that are telling you not to number your episodes, and that's why I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. So when iTunes or you know iTunes Music or Apple Music or whatever they call it now, when they're totally irrelevant, then maybe I'll bring the numbering back into the title. It's weird to see the downfall Adam of says, Apple. Mark coming out hard against numbers. <laughs> This is an issue I feel strongly about. <laughs> well, you feel strongly about it because I'm on the other side of it going, I like the numbers. I like order. Tough nuggies, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. Then, well, and on a wood whisper, the numbers are broken. Yeah, no, They I don't to, actually mean anything. I need to go back and fix them. Uh, Dave D sa- David D says, I find it difficult to determine what woodworking books are worth getting mm. when looking at 
the bookstore sh shelf, uh, where do you go for woodworking book recommendations and reviews? Uh, you know, sometimes you just hear about a book. Yeah. You know, like your friends will be talking about the workbenches book. So the blue workbenches book that uh, Chris Schwarz wrote. Mm -hmm. Everybody was talking about it. And it's like, oh, it's a great resource, blah, blah, blah. So you, you hear, you're in the community, you hear people talk about it. That's one, that's really for me, um, you know, word of mouth recommendation is how I usually find out about books. Uh, I, I'm not at the point in my career anymore that I go to the, you know, this, that section of Barnes and Noble and see what's new. Um, most of the time I hear about it through some other means. And uh, that's usually my criteria. Is it from a person I, you know, find interesting, who has an interesting perspective? Or is it, you know, sometimes I don't care who wrote it. It's so specific about the topic I need to learn about. That's the book that I buy. So, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't really have great criteria for it at this point. And books are an interesting thing these days. In 2020, books that are being written, who they're being written by, it's very different than it was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So it's, um, you know, with so much information online, sometimes it's hard to justify that book purchase. Do you have any more uh, Patreon <clears throat> questions? I do, I do, Because we need to wrap it up. Okay, I may not be able to get all these. Well, There's a lot. Do. Do what you can. Plain Mark says, uh, I recently bought a domino to complete my honeydew task faster so I can get back to my project sooner. I've been using the one-third thickness rule for tenons for the domino, but I would like to know how you decide on the size of the domino to use. Also, I have a couple of projects where if I split the tenon depth even between both components, it would be protruding through the one piece, so I changed the split to be more like a 60-40. Uh, would this be detrimental to the strength of the joint? Thank you for giving us a format to ask questions. I kind of do the same thing as you. I kind of go with the third rule. Um, these days, you know, after you do this a long time, the third rule becomes, looks good. <laughs> it looks pretty close. If a, a domino tenon starts to leave or the mortise starts to leave very thin walls, then I got to back it down. So I try to go as big as I can to fit within that thickness. Or if I have a wide piece, I'm going to go with multiples, you know, so it's, you can't do a big wide tenon with a domino, but you could do multiples. And I absolutely do what you're describing. Uh, let's say we're putting plywood together and you got a T joint, like a right angle joint like this. <clears throat> you want to get the longest domino you can for strength, but if you divide it in half, you're going to punch through that three quarter inch piece of plywood. So I will do a 60-40 split like you're recommending. I don't think that sacrifices strength because going through would be a really bad idea. You're just pulling it in and saying, let's go deeper into one, a little more shallow into the other. It's a little hard to keep track of it when you're plunging all those, but you know, keep your head on straight and you'll be fine. Um, but you're doing exactly what I do. Do we have more questions? Because we can answer the rest of them. I have like two more in the Patreon okay. questions. Go ahead and do those. Really? We're yeah. running long though. It's all right. We, we didn't have a show last week, so we can, we can go a little long. Today. Sure. Let's see. Um, Robert Randall says, I'm getting ready to make new doors and door fronts for my kitchen. I'm planning to do a simple shaker rail and style. Without a raised panel, they will be either painted or tinted lacquer. My question is, if you were to take this on, would you do all of the work on a table saw or use a bit set in a router table? Tempting to use that bit set. If you got a cope and stick bit set, you can kind of just get that groove. And I mean, do you want that inner profile on there? Uh, I think is what, what it comes down to. The cope and uh, stick sets will uh, do the groove and a profile on your styles and then they'll do the appropriate groove and profile on the rails and you could just kind of pop those things together. Uh, if I'm batching these out, I really prefer to use the table saw to batch stuff like that out. To me, the router table, especially with a big bit and removing a lot of material, it's not my favorite thing to do. Just for safety reasons, for tear out reasons. 
Um, so I would probably just be batching this stuff out, making my grooves and everything at the table saw with mortise and tenons. Uh, also at the router table, you're going to be limited in how strong that frame is going to be when it's all said and done. That cope and stick joint doesn't make a very long tenon. Um, so you're just kind of, I mean, it'll get the job done for the most part, but if I'm building this stuff, I want that door to be all but indestructible. Uh, and to do that, I'm going to have much deeper mortise and tenon joints than a cope and stick set would allow me to do. So my recommendation, what I would do is at the table saw. And my last one, <clears throat> Will Hooper. Thanks for all you do. Uh, question is on the miter saw build. That kind of leveling feet did you use? Uh, inside ones or ones that you mount outside? And I'm also not going to be using uh, drawer glides and going to do dados with larger drawer bottoms. How much of the drawer bottom sides should I have resting in the dado? <clears throat> what? Huh? What's going on? I don't know. I'm trying to figure this question out. Maybe we can answer it in the after show. The leveling feet... I. If I'm not mistaken, I might have a link to those exact leveling feet in the um, write-up for the build. Because I have a toe kick on there, and there's a bottom, I don't know, three and a half, four inch uh, space there, you could use any leveling feet you want. I didn't want them on the outside, but they are ones that can be mounted to the outside. It's just a right angle with a leveling foot. But I turn that to the inside, and it's in a cavity where nothing's happening anyway. So to level the cabinets, I do have to take the drawers out and go in there and do the leveling, but at least I don't have to look at the leveling feet all the time. Um, so that's what I used for that. As for the drawer question, maybe it's just the morning and my brain not working completely, but I don't understand the question. I'm sure if I sat and thought about it with no one watching me, I would mm -hmm. figure it out. We got a super jet that just came in from Scotty. Oh, he's Scotty. One, one, two, one. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Scotty. Hey, happy birthday, Scotty. What are the pros and cons of a granite table saw top? Looking at buying a used one. We were just talking about this. Yeah, that they don't make them anymore, right? Yeah, because the company that was making them. The pros are it's flat and it looks cool. The cons are it breaks easily and it's not magnetic. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, those are the pros and cons. Bada bing. It's granite. You know, you drop a hammer on it, you could crack it. And there's a re look, look at it this way. There's a reason really hardly anyone, if anyone, is making them anymore. It was kind of a fad back in It was definitely a bit of 06. a fad. If, if the woodworking world can have such 07. a thing. Yeah, if they can have such a thing, I would say it's a, yeah. it's a fad. But, I mean, it was cool. I've actually seen some people with them, and I thought it was neat. It certainly addresses the issue of us just being nuts about... Dead Perfect flat. flatness, right? Yeah. And that definitely addressed that issue, but it also created some other issues. All right. Guess what? It's time. Chicken butt. It's time to pick the random winner of the guild project from the questions that we got on Patreon. Give it to somebody who gave me crap about numbers. No, I'm not going to give it to anybody. I feel we bad. Had, we, I feel bad now. We have 15. <clears throat> we have 15 entries. They don't necessarily have to be questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be number 13. Who's my 13? Number 13. Lucky number 13. Tommaso. No, that's not right. 15, 14. Sorry. Oh, I can't. you just got Tommaso I'm excited. sorry, Tommaso. Uh, plain marks. He's going to be like shucks. <laughs> sorry, Tommaso. Almost, almost had it. Plain marks. Uh, I will reply to your uh, question on the Patreon post and get you your free guild project. Yeah. Thanks for so supporting us on Patreon. Uh, how do they do that if they want to ask? Drop these questions in this Patreon.com slash Wood Talk. <laughs> I want to send people there. No, Wood Whisperer. <laughs> yeah, Patreon.com slash Wood Whisperer is where you can go. 
Uh, we're going to have some new things to put in there too. We're getting new stickers made up. We'll have some fun stuff to add into some of those tiers if you guys are interested. Yeah, I mentioned the link at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are a Patreon subscriber, um, stick around. We're going to do an after show. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I have a ton of questions you got topics? still. Good. good. Nicole's got topics. It's going to be good. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and that's Boom. really about it, right? Yep. So thank you for watching, everybody. Glad you could hang around with us. Um, yeah. And if you have an opinion about the numbering system of my videos, uh, keep it to your damn self. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Bye. Toodles.